Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. All of our guys are dreaming of sugar plums and all that other good stuff right now because Key, Jay, and Max are off today. It's Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman filling in for the guys here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app also live on ESPN2. As always, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can join the conversation this morning on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're asking you on Twitter, our handle at KeyJ and Max, what is your biggest takeaway from the Week 15 slate of the NFL? And, Freddie, boy, there are plenty of them, including one that could potentially affect the playoff race in the NFC. Jalen Hurts, as we find out from ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter on on Monday, he is uncertain to play this coming Saturday against the Dallas Cowboys due to a sprained shoulder that he suffered in the third quarter of their 25-20 victory over the Chicago Bears in Week 15. So I have thought about momentum and what goes beyond now with the Dallas Cowboys and then what the Philadelphia Eagles have to end the season where they've got the New Orleans Saints and they've got the New York Giants in week 18. They need one game, one remaining game that needs to be a win in order for them to lock up the NFC's number one seed. Now it feels pretty likely that that's going to happen at some point here the next three weeks. Does it happen against Dallas though? The game that we have been circling on our calendars for quite some time, hoping we'd get to see the trash talk between Micah Parsons <laughs> and Jalen Hurts finally play off, play out. I, I it's not gonna. I don't believe it's going to happen because we haven't heard any sort of official ruling on the shoulder yet. But the smart thing here to do would be to turn the reins of this offense over to Gardner Minshew. But how do you see this when you think about what's going on inside this Philadelphia organization? Doesn't feel like there's much panic around this Eagles team knowing where they stand at 13-1 and and what's ahead. Yeah, I'm a big believer that when you have a culture and you have an identity, no matter who's there, who's not there, that's not going to change. And Nick Sirianni has been able to make that part and parcel of the Philadelphia Eagles. So whether they win or lose against the Dallas Cowboys, whether Gardner Minshew plays well or if Jalen Hurts plays, whatever that's going to be, and I firmly believe he's not going to play when it comes to Jalen Hurts, they have built up enough of a culture to say we are not going to make excuses. If we don't win or if we do win, it's because we're going to be the Philadelphia Eagles, not about what the Dallas Cowboys are doing, not about what the Dallas Cowboys are saying, not about what anybody else is saying about that. Philadelphia has shown that no matter what happens – It is going to be 60 minutes of hell when you play that football team. And it doesn't matter who's out there. And I said it, Courtney, about a month and a half ago, and people laughed at me on Twitter at Coleman ESPN, saying, I said, this could be a 14-15 win team. And everybody said, you got to be crazy. Well, nobody's laughing now. You know why? Because this is a bunch of rough customers that play in Philadelphia. Whether Jalen Hurts plays or not, they believe they have all the confidence in the world that they will go into Dallas and win that game. And you know what? I don't doubt that for one second, that they'll find a way to get this done. Because to me, all the pressure is still on the Dallas Cowboys because they're the Dallas Cowboys. 
to me, the pressure is not as much on Philadelphia whether Jalen Hurts is playing or not because many people look at Dallas and say, what are you guys going to do in a big game situation? We've seen Philadelphia win a lot of these big games so far this year. That's why they're the best team in the NFL, and they only have one loss as a team in the NFL this year. And they've built themselves up quite a considerable cushion, Freddie. 99.7% chance to lock up the number one seed in the NFC and a bye, according to ESPN Analytics. Reminder, they have to win one of their next three games. And I think that they're confident in what Gardner Minshew presents to this offense. Remember last year against the win, the win that they had over the Jets, mm-hmm. Minshew went 20 of 25 for 242 yards and a pair of touchdowns. They beat the Jets 33-18. to 18. He's more than just a capable quarterback, but he is a different quarterback. Yep. So you won't see the quarterback counters and the design runs the way that you saw throughout the 14-game sample size that you have from Jalen Hurts as he built his MVP campaign. So how exactly do the Philadelphia Eagles have to change their playbook? What changes might they have to make in order to protect Jalen Hurts upon his return? But in the meantime, as they turn to Gardner Minshew, here's ESPN NFL analyst Ryan Clark on SVP on SC. I don't believe it's concern, but it should be awareness. It should be awareness by Nick Sirianni that we have to keep our quarterback from in between the tackles. If you look at a lot of the called runs, there are called runs in between the tackles where you have to be physical in the way that you run the football. I think you keep him from doing that down the stretch. Mm -hmm. But when it becomes winning time, one thing we know about Jalen Hurts is that that's all he cares about, and he'll be willing to do those things. But you are in a place now where you can protect him. That was Ryan Clark on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt yesterday. So what he was getting to are those designed runs mm-hmm. and the vulnerability aspect that you have for any quarterback and certainly for Jalen Hurts because when you think about his 17 official runs that he had against the Bears, 11 of them are considered designed. So yeah. there was the one where there was a safety blitz that went through the wrong gap and he was able to run unscathed into the end zone. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the ones where he's susceptible to getting hurt, and if you have a separated throwing shoulder, you're going to be trying to protect that coming back however many weeks out and however many games he has to miss. Let's get to the skinny the whole thing. He got injured in the pocket when it comes to Jalen Hurts. It wasn't if, uh, it was a design scramble or design run. Injuries can happen in the NFL whether you're in the pocket or outside the pocket. The whole narrative is more than ever before, if you're going to have these run plays, these RPOs, these read options, that you're introducing more of an injury risk to the quarterback. That's not exactly true. But I will say this, and it goes back to something that a friend of mine, Eric Allen, who played for the Philadelphia Eagles, had 54 career interceptions, six of those returned for touchdowns. I think he's going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he has a legitimate case. When guys came along with this kind of quarterback, Courtney, I said, Eric, what do you think about that? He goes, Freddie, they will hit that out the league at a certain point. you got to be more demonstrative in terms of protecting your quarterback and not just having the quarterback protect himself. That doesn't mean you can't do these kind of things with Justin Fields in Chicago, with Jalen Hurts when it comes to the way he plays in Philadelphia, even with Trevor Lawrence doing this sort of thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But if you keep putting your quarterback in harm's way, then they're going to hit that out the league. And don't think for one second that Nick Sirianni as a head coach doesn't know that. And this injury would not have anything to do with how they're going to do going forward with Jalen Hurts because they know they have to protect him and they can't allow him to be put in harm's way 
constantly, whether it's running between the tackles or getting injured in the pocket, like what happened on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and I mean, to, to tell him to protect himself, that's, that's you know, you can only do that to a certain degree because quarterbacks like him, guys who have that competitive juice in them, he's an MVP candidate for a reason, that's, it's just difficult. I think that fortunately... They have a great offensive line, Mm -hmm. and they have one of the best stables of pass catchers and running backs that you can ask for. So as the offense shifts now to Gardner Minshew, if this is a true indeed two-week timetable, they're in a spot where if you plug him in at quarterback, you can expect some of that same – to see some of the same things that we've seen with Jalen Hurts throughout the last couple of weeks, throughout the first 14 games of the season. But that offense will undoubtedly shift, and you won't have to worry about any of those designed runs, or at least nearly not the same plethora of them that you had with Jalen Hurts. So the risk yeah. of injury there, it, it does not present itself the same yeah. way. But yeah. they are still going against a very good Cowboys defense that right now. They used to be. It's feeling a little vulnerable yeah. coming off of that Jacksonville Jaguars game, but they still have the second-best pass defense in the NFL. They have 26 takeaways. That's tops in the league, second in sacks with 49. He's going to have his hands full. Well, put it this way real quick. If you're the Cowboys, they're going to try to get the ball in his hands quickly. They are not going to allow him to be in a five-step drop or wait through one progression, two progression, three progressions. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm sitting on every short route. I'm daring Gardner Minshew to see if he can beat me over the top because he may do it once in a while. But that's not a be that's gonna be not going to be a consistent diet that's going to work. That's the game plan I would put in from Dallas. Hey, Gardner Minshew, ten to fifteen yards, we're not gonna let you have what you want. You better beat us over the top and we trust that you won't be able to do that, which will place even more stress in the Eagles running game to make sure that he does not be in a lot of second and third long situations. That is not going to be conducive to success for the Philadelphia Eagles when Gardner Minshew plays in place of Jalen Hurts this weekend. So Philadelphia travels south to Dallas this weekend. That's a December 24th game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Big NFC East matchup. But the Dallas Cowboys are kind of teetering the edge right now towards postseason pretenders. Freddie and I are going to tell you about that next on Overreaction. Not an overreaction with our good friend Dan Graziano here in Keyshawn. J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Is it Hurst or the team? All it will provide is bulletin board yep. material. Uh-huh. Listen, this is all the smoke right here. Listen, and that's how football is supposed to be. We have familiarity with and they have familiarity with us. I'm pretty sure they hate me. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app also live on ESPN2. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman sitting in for the guys on this Tuesday morning. You can tweet to us at Courtney R. Cronin is my handle. At Coleman ESPN is Freddy's and our show handle at Key J and Max. You can also find us on the Dr. Pepper call in line, triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. With Jalen Hurts being injured, how would you now vote for the MVP award? Three games remaining. Jalen Hurts was the favorite. And now he is second, according to many Vegas odds here. And, and Freddie, I know that you and I have talked about this for a while, uh, how you would vote here, what the sample size is, because we do have a situation previously where there have been MVPs who have not played the entire season. Marshall Falk did it in 2000, uh, the year 2000, 14 games for him. And then the co-MVP year between Peyton Manning and Steve McNair. McNair, I believe, played 14 games that year in, in 2003. So there is a precedent for it. It's yep. just not a very big one. Yeah, here's the deal. I think I've always been to believe that the MVP should be for the whole year, not a Heisman moment. And you got to take everything into account no matter how many games Jalen Hurts has played because all of a sudden to reduce from the second MVP race just because he got injured, that makes absolutely no sense to me. All right, let's bring in our good friend ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano for the latest here on Jalen Hurts' injury. Dan, is there any level of concern within the facility in Philadelphia right now that they're not going to lock up the number one seed in the NFC due to this injury to Hurts? No, I don't think there is. I mean, three games left. They feel like they have a really good team and, and, and that they should certainly, I mean, obviously they probably feel like they're going to win all three, but I, I certainly got, honestly think you can assess and say they'll, they'll get one or Dallas and Minnesota each lose one. I, I don't think they're that concerned about that. I mean, the concern is, you know, when will Jalen Hurts be back and, and is this the kind of thing uh, that could affect him when he is? So I'd be really surprised if he played this week based on everything I heard yesterday. It sounds like it'll be kind of a week-to-week thing after that, and maybe he could miss a couple, but they're not concerned about it being season-ending. Again, I guess the, the concern is really just getting him back healthy and in a position where this does not affect him once they start playing uh, playoff games. Because assuming they get that one seed, you know, their next meaningful game would be in about five weeks. So the hope, obviously, is that that would be enough time for him to recover. What does it yeah. say about the Eagles' culture, Dan, real quick, that – a lot of people should say they're not panicking, and that's because Nick Sirianni and nobody thought we'd be having this kind of discussion when the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni last year to take over this franchise. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, a lot of similarities, and I know this is not the coaching staff that was there five years ago, but if there's an organization that believes it knows how to deal with this, it's the one that lost their MVP candidate quarterback with three games left in the season in 2017 and managed to win the Super Bowl with their backup. So there's right. all kinds of you know, pictures and statues and everything up around the team facility that are a testament 
to the ability to do this if they have to be without him. And again, they're not thinking they're going to be without him for the remainder of the season. But if they have to win games without him, they feel like there's a strong organization. You're right. The, the organizational structure is one that uh, that obviously they all believe in and they trust in and they have a very deep roster. And I think they feel like there are different ways they can win. Okay, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, posts an article every Monday about the overreactions and not overreactions from the NFL slate the previous week. Now, week 15 was absolutely wild across the board, and there are a lot of takeaways that we have to consider uh, the rest of this week as we get into week 16, some games that have playoff implications on the line. The one that we were hoping to see in all of its glory was Cowboys and Eagles this week. We probably won't see Jalen Hurts. That has not been officially announced yet, but we can infer that he's going to be out for some time. Now, Graziano, you have in there that the Cowboys are postseason pretenders. Is that an overreaction or an underreaction? Or I guess really not an overreaction. I still think it's an overreaction, but Courtney, I really wish they would start playing better so that this position became more defensible, right? Like I, I, I was willing to give them the close call against Houston and say bad day, but then you have another bad day against Jacksonville and then actually lose the game. It just puts you in a bad spot. And I think a lot of the concerns people have had about this team are kind of coming to the forefront here. The defense is obviously very thin on the back end, and that slowed down the pass rush. Frankly, the quarterback uh, has not played well. He's not having a good year, and he needs to play better. He needs to cut down on the interceptions. They need to start getting after the opposing quarterback like they were earlier in the season. I think that's all in there, and I think at their best, they can be they can play with anybody, but we haven't seen them at their best in a while, and and uh, it's getting toward time where they need to where they need to be. Yeah, it's not overreaction because until I actually see the Cowboys win more than one game in the playoffs or win yeah. a game in the playoffs, to, to Dan's point, the defense is beat up on the back end, and they need Micah Parsons to start making impact plays. We know what he can do with the numbers, but you got to make those game changing plays from that position. You have that kind of ability, and you have that kind of talent. I don't think it's an overreaction either. What I am concerned about, though, is that, and I hate to say this, like when have we heard Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs? Like when, when has been, what's the splash play that we've seen come out the last couple of weeks? Like they've no, had relatively quiet weeks here. And obviously Dak in the interceptions, 11 on the season, his career high is 13, which he reached in 2017. I'm not as concerned about that. I read your article and I feel like those things are going to level off because that's just not yeah. him. Something's exactly. wrong, though. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings, uh, postseason pretenders, overreaction or not an overreaction? It's not. I, I just don't see it. I mean, that, that, like, good for them for being able to win all these close games, coming back from 33. I mean, yes, uh, incredible the year they're having, but you get in the playoffs, you're going to have to stop somebody. Yep. Right? And and, and they're not going to say, I mean, so if somebody builds a 33 nothing lead on you in the playoffs, it's not going to be the Colts. Right? It's going to be a difficult team to come back against. I just don't see how they can string together you know, three games like that and win the Super Bowl the way they've been playing all year. I just think the defense is not good. They've given up close to 400 yards per game. Let me say that out loud. 400 yards per game, almost good. they've given up. On the scale of good or bad, that's awful And when it comes to Minnesota Vikings. And I've said it before, Dan and Courtney, 
if they don't advance in the playoffs, it won't be on Kirk Cousins. I can't believe we're saying that. It's going to be on the defense that's giving over 399 yards per game. They refuse to stop the run. They can't stop big plays in the passing game. They were extremely, extremely thankful for that Christmas miracle that they got being down 33 to nothing, and the Colts just completely wilted. But, yeah, if they advance in the playoffs, it'll be Kirk Cousins, and it won't be be the defense not playing well. If they don't advance because the defense is not any good. Yeah, the the Kirk Cousins thing, I think we can go ahead and and firmly say that he has not been the issue here, especially late in game, second half and overtime of that win over the Indianapolis Colts, 417 passing yards. That's the most by any quarterback in the second half or overtime in 45 seasons. That defense, though, Ed Donatel's got to find more ways to make adjustments because clearly giving up 400 yards or five straight games, Oof. not going to cut it. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPNU. The Miami Dolphins are postseason contenders. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman here on Key J and Max. Overreaction or not an overreaction? It's not an overreaction. I was at their game in Buffalo on Saturday, and, and even though they lost it, I really thought the Dolphins showed a lot in that game. You're coming off a really tough two-game road trip to California where you didn't play well. It was freezing cold. It was snowing by the end of the game. They went toe-to-toe with Buffalo. In Buffalo, that's as good a team as there is in the league, the Buffalo Bills, and and, and they could have. The Miami Dolphins were in the game, like in a situation where you, a lot of people probably didn't expect them to be. And then you look at there, there goes Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill caught one too. Is this it? These are not guys that anyone's going to feel comfortable lining up against on defense in the postseason because it only takes one play for them to get by you and wreck your day. So I think the Dolphins are dangerous, and I think they showed Saturday again, even though they lost that they have a little bit of toughness to them as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. They echo that, Dan, because this team is second in passing offense in the NFL at over 273 yards per game. Only the Kansas City Chiefs are better over 309 yards per game, but they got to do something about that rushing attack. That's less than 97 yards, and I thought if you can run the ball a little bit more, then you don't put everything on Tua Tungavailoa and you make that offense even more dangerous. I'm with you. That toughness that they showed, they're beat up on the defensive end, but they made Buffalo work for any offensive yard that they were trying to make with Josh Allen and that team. Yeah, they're contenders in the AFC, and if they can get that running game a little bit better and get a little bit more right on defense, they're going to be a problem for 60 minutes when anybody faces them in the playoffs. Saturday was a good start. Seven and a half yards per rush running attack that all of a sudden comes alive on the road, showing that that offense can travel and do it in cold weather conditions to a snapping the narrative about him that he can't play in the snow and can't play in anything that's not 80 degrees, 17 of 30, 234 yards, and two touchdowns in that close loss to the Buffalo Bills. How about the team that's challenging the Miami Dolphins currently for the seventh seed in the AFC playoff picture? That's the Los Angeles Chargers. They are postseason contenders. An overreaction or not an overreaction, Graz? I think it's an overreaction because we just haven't seen consistency from them. Now, the pushback would be, hey, they haven't been healthy, and right now they are. Right now you have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the field together really for the first time all year, and Justin Herbert playing you know, at a high level as he's gotten healthier throughout the season. Remember, he had that rib injury that he played through earlier this year. So there, there is that to factor in. I just... You know, we talk about the Cowboys not being trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chargers are a very, I don't know whether they're snake-bitten or, or whatever it is. Something always seems to go wrong there. And I, I just, they, I, they haven't put it together for the kind of stretch we've seen from, you know, like what's the role San Francisco's on, the role Cincinnati's on, the role Buffalo's on. Like, we just haven't seen them play like that 
for any kind of stretch this year. I guess it's still possible they could go into the postseason playing like that. I just can't get to the point where I trust them. Yeah, I'm with you. They barely beat the Cardinals by one point. They lost to the Raiders by seven. They beat the Dolphins by six. Nice win. They barely beat the Titans by three. Yeah. To me, the problem's not Justin Herbert because there's not a throw he can't make in the NFL. Brandon Staley, that's that joker. That's that wild card in the deck. You just don't know what kind of decision. He's been better at it, but you don't know what kind of decision he's going to make. They have no business losing their last three games. They got the Colts. They got the Rams. They got the Broncos. If you can't go 3-0 and against yeah. the rest of that schedule, then that's not going to be on the players. That's not just going to be on the coach. That's going to be on everybody. I'm with you, Dan. I'm not trusting the Los Angeles Chargers because of their coach. I think, it's an over, I think it is an overreaction because – or actually, I'll say it's not an overreaction. I was trying to figure out what my uh, phrasing was there. Because <laughs> of that schedule that Freddie just mentioned, Colts, Rams, Broncos, all teams with losing records at the moment. And on top of that, I think I'm like less concerned about teams 8 through 12 currently in the playoff picture in the AFC right now because the Chargers are the 6th seed currently. The Miami Dolphins are the 7th seed. Honestly, the rest of the way, I feel like it stays like that and both teams end up getting into the postseason. The Chargers finding their way to not charger their way out of this season. They came on late. They've won games that have mattered, and they find themselves thick in the very thick of the AFC playoff picture. He's Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, joining Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Thanks so much, Dan. Appreciate the time as always. Got it. All right. We saw the play that has been ruled the worst in NFL history. It was the lateral... I don't even know what do you call it, like the Sin City miracle, the lateral <laughs> the lateral craziness that we're talking about still two days later removed from that crazy Raiders and Patriots game in Las Vegas. What does that loss do on top of all the other losses from this season and the fate of the New England Patriots? What does that mean for Bill Belichick and his future beyond the 2022 season? That's next here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio and ESPNU. We've seen some our fair share of things happen, right? Um, but I have not seen that one. Yeah, I got to tackle the guy. Man, it's on me and it's my fault. Drops it behind it to Jacoby Myers who circles and laterals it. And it's intercepted by the Raiders. Going the other way. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Obviously, we got to do a better job playing situational football and not making critical mistakes in the game. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio and ESPN2. That call that you heard of the lateral play, heard around the world, courtesy of Raider <laughs> Nation Radio, 920 AM. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, sitting in for the guys on this Tuesday morning. And we're still talking about this play. Mm-hmm. 48 hours removed from what happened, and we're still trying to sort out how something like this could have happened for a team that, you know, has a coaching staff that is so dead set on preaching situational awareness, situational football, yet the panicking happened in that moment that that led to Ramondre Stevenson throwing the ball behind him on a lateral play. There were three seconds remaining in this game. The game was tied. All they needed to do was knee the clock out, get out of bounds, do whatever you have to do, Freddie, to get to overtime. Yeah. But that did not happen. The panic set in. And it led to the play where the Las Vegas Raiders ended up winning that game. Chandler Jones 
picking off the pass that came from Jacoby <laughs> Myers, former quarterback Jacoby Myers, what was going to his current quarterback, Mac Jones. Uh, you know the rest there. But this brings up the question about Bill Belichick in his future with the New England Patriots beyond this season. They're on the outside looking in yet again uh, of the AFC playoff picture. They've been flirting with a seven seed for some time. Doesn't feel like things are going so well for old Bill and his coaching staff, considering what happened in that game. And I don't think it's much of an overreaction to think about what it means for Bill going beyond this season and what his future is, how much longer he's going to keep doing this in the NFL. Well, Bill Belichick will determine when that's going to happen. I know that that is out there, but believe me, he has built up enough equity with Robert Kraft that Robert Kraft is not going to put him on a proverbial hot seat and say, Bill, either get it done or else. But I will say this about Bill Belichick. More than never before in modern football, you got to find dudes and not just try to out-scheme people. You can talk about situational football, and we practice this and practice that. Mm-hmm. But the one thing they don't have, they don't have that dude or they don't have dudes. Anybody that's competing yep. for a championship, they have it. The Eagles have it. The Chiefs have it. Even the Chargers have it, even though I don't trust their head coach. But they got a dude in Justin Herbert and guys on the outside, and they still got Bolson and Khalil Mack with their healthy. They can really, rack, they can really do a better job in your defense. But if you're going to be Bill Belichick, Courtney, and make sure that this does not continue down that road that you have never experienced before as a Patriots head coach, it's all about what are you going to do to make your quarterback better. You believe that Mac Jones is the dude, but the Patriots are 32nd in the NFL in the red zone, 30th in goal-to-goal situations, and 29th on third down. That's not something that we're used to when it comes to the Patriots. It's not just about situational football. They're just not a well-coached football team because they don't have the kind of guys that they're used to having, especially that guy quarterback and Tom Brady, who's no longer there. Well, and it, does it not feel like Bill Belichick set this thing up to transpire the way that it has when he played the games all off season long about, mm-hmm. I'm not telling you who's going to be calling plays. I know, but you guys don't need to know. Uh, maybe ever, or unless you should figure <laughs> it out during a preseason game. I think if he had his way, he'd keep everything under lock and key sure. for as long as he could. But to have Matt Patricia who he hired and put on his staff. Joe Judge came into both of them were in the running to call plays for Mac Jones in his second season, knowing how pivotal of a season that was, and that is for any quarterback. And he's part of a group of five that were drafted in the first 15 picks in 2021. Wouldn't you have done everything in your power Mm -hmm. to put him in a situation where he is insulated Enough to where you feel comfortable that the play calling is not going to be an issue, that you're not going to be seeing these tirades and outbursts from your quarterback on Thursday night football, on Monday night football, all these nationally televised games where Mac Jones is just losing his mind because the offense isn't working. And I think that that's not just the scheme itself. That's who's calling the plays. And you know who chooses who calls the plays? Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick is also the general manager of this team, Freddie. So to your point about the players on this Patriots team not being up to snuff from where they were previously, you have one person to blame for that, and that's the guy choosing these players in the draft, which most times is another person in the general manager, but that's Bill Belichick. Yeah, this is the arrogance of the Patriot way. This is crystallized with the arrogance of the Patriot way because Bill Belichick was able to get away with that Patriot way 
and doing things that way when he had all number 12 playing quarterback. That even if you had any kind of sins of the father when it comes to Bill Belichick, he was able to override that because he was so great. He doesn't have that guy now. And so that Patriot way arrogance has gotten the Patriots where they are right now, where they don't believe that another way has to be done for them to be successful because it's the only way that Bill Belichick has known what they've been able to do. So if you're going to have a Patriot way, if you think that still can work in 21st century football, well, then you got to find a way to make sure that your arrogance doesn't get in the way because I know right now from Bill Belichick, no matter what happens the rest of the season, Courtney, whether you get into the playoffs or not, you got to move on from Matt Patricia. You don't move on from Mac Jones. You move on from Matt Patricia. And his first call better be the Knicks saving Alabama saying, I need Bill O'Brien back here to run this offense because I know that guy knows how to coach quarterbacks and I know that guy knows how to coach offense. Whatever the price tag is, you should be willing to pay that because that's the only way this Patriot way, this arrogant way is going to get better next year. It's not on Mac Jones, in my opinion. He has to play better. But if you're going to make sure he plays better, find a guy that can do that. They don't have those guys right now. The guy that they need is the offensive coordinator at Alabama, his former assistant, Bill O'Brien. That will be my first call in the offseason if I'm Bill Belichick to make sure this Patriot way can be the right way once again. And isn't it more of an indictment on the head coach considering the situation that unfolded in Las Vegas? They're at their own 45-yard line. Mm -hmm. That's where the game ended. And Bill Belichick, after the game, was asked, well, why'd you run a draw play there? Because I I understand the situation. You think you might be able to break off a big run. Uh, There's three three seconds left. Like, the, the... if things go like, you know, the best case scenario is you break some tackles, you, you run home to the end zone, the game's over. The worst case scenario is you run out the clock. They did not attempt to hail Mary there in that situation because Bill Belichick said that <laughs> he didn't believe the quarterback could throw that far. Is that an indictment on Mac Jones or is that an indictment on the coaching staff for not putting, you know, getting your quarterback in a situation where you think he can throw a 55-yard pass? Like that's not, yeah. that's not that hard. Like right. if you are an NFL quarterback, you should be able to heave something to get as close as possible to the goal line or just throw the ball and expect that you know somebody catch it down there whether it's a touchdown or not to me that says more about the coaching staff than it does the player well if you're Bill Belichick and I'm not going to say that's an unfair point because all those things are definitely part and parcel what went on that final play and let's let's be honest let's put on the players that made that decision I don't think Bill Belichick told Demondre Stevenson, Demondre Stevenson, that if you run and get a chance, you can lateral back and Jacoby Myers do the same thing. Those two players in that situation panic. That's not so much coaching. That's just the players being overwhelmed by the moment. But if you're Bill Belichick, if you don't have any kind of trust in your quarterback to make those kind of plays at the end of the game, then why did you call a run play? You said it yesterday, Courtney. They could have taken a knee and just gone to overtime. They decided to run a draw play up the middle, and then everything went haywire. But if you don't believe in your quarterback – and you want, and this guy fell to you, and you talk about that this is the guy of the future, then what does that say about that Patriot way that you believe that Mac Jones is not the right kind of guy to make sure that this is going to get better once this season is said and done? Yeah, rough times for the New England Patriots. Rough times for Bill Belichick. Poor He's catching baby. strays from this whole lateral gone wrong. But again, when they're preaching situational awareness, the coach has to have the situational awareness himself of what play he's calling in that moment. Three seconds remaining. You're basically at midfield. Go ahead and take a knee. And we're not talking about this in the way that we are today, 48 hours removed from all of that craziness in Sin City. Coming up next, how close to being the next college football dynasty will Georgia be if they win a national title again this year? We have an expert coming on. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin coming up next. 
Hey everyone, this is Zach Lowe from the Low Post Podcast. Hi, this is Ryan McGee from Marty and McGee. This is Ian Fitzsimmons from Freddie and Fitz. All of us here at ESPN Radio would like to wish you a happy holiday season. Merry Christmas and a very safe New Year. And a happy huh. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This college football playoff is set up perfectly. You have the reigning champs in Georgia. Michigan trying to redeem themselves after getting embarrassed last year. TCU, best story in all of college football. And then Ohio State, they have all the weapons to go out and beat a Georgia team that's been dominant. The college football playoff. Coverage begins New Year's Eve at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. I would argue that this is actually one of the best 
times of the sports calendar Mm -hmm. because any afternoon you're just laying on the couch during holiday season you can flip over to ESPN or ESPN2 and there's some football happening some bowl game going on the Myrtle Beach Bowl happened yesterday Freddie you were into that game I know that Marshall and UConn play that's about all I know a couple (laughs) minutes that I caught of it but it's awesome because it's all leading into our college football playoff coverage which you can hear right here on ESPN Radio This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max Courtney Cronin. Freddie Coleman sitting in for the guys on this Tuesday morning is always presented by Progressive Insurance. Welcoming in our good friend Paul Feinbaum, host of the Paul Feinbaum Show on the SEC Network and the ESPN app. And and Paul, as we start media junket season where we're doing car washes with all of the teams that are in the college football playoff, there's some news that came out of Alabama that both – Bryce Young and Will Anderson will not skip the All-State Sugar Bowl, that game happening against Kansas State on December 31st. What do you make of that news? Are you surprised at both of their decisions? I am, because the conventional wisdom was that they would both go. Why would either stay? We're talking about probably the number one and three selection, according to the projections in the draft playing in a game that means nothing to Alabama. Alabama yeah. is, a, is a school that only plays for national championships. Coming home with a Sugar Bowl championship is going to do nothing. But I think it really is a testament to Nick Saban. Uh, in spite of uh, one of his more disappointing seasons, he was able to convince them that there's value in playing. I don't know what that value is, but he apparently got through to both players. And uh, with nothing to gain, really, they are going to be in the uh, Sugar Bowl on, on, on New Year's Eve. How much do you feel, Paul, that – the run for Alabama being a national championship team is pretty much over now. Freddie, that window is coming down. You, you can still uh, get a couple of uh, whiffs of breath, but mm-hmm. not much. Uh, and I, I want to say something about something you alluded to a minute ago in terms of Bill O'Brien. Uh, you were talking about how how many that you thought Belichick needed to call Saban and, and beg him to let him go. I, I know about... I don't know, a couple hundred thousand Alabama fans that would be more than happy to walk Bill O'Brien to the state line. Uh, he's, he has been part of the problem this year uh, in Alabama that, that you know, he, has, he has not dialed up uh, great plays. He's been very predictable. And, and beside that, he doesn't necessarily have the compliments around, around Bryce Young. But the yeah. feeling in Alabama, at least, once this game is over uh, – uh, Air Belichick will be picking up uh, O'Brien at the New Orleans airport. Okay. Hmm. Paul Feinbaum is brought to you by the do- by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. So Bill O'Brien may be on the move following this season in the conclusion of it for the Alabama Crimson Tide, a team that doesn't feel like it's going anywhere, at least not in the near distant near future, would be the Georgia Bulldogs. Their CFP semifinal matchup at the uh, in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl that happens on New Year's Eve as well. Number one Georgia against number four Ohio State. You know how close would we say that? Georgia is currently because I feel like I've already seen this happen considering what happened last year but how close to being the next college football dynasty will Georgia be if they end up repeating as national title champs this year Paul Courtney Courtney they're getting pretty close now yeah obviously they need to need to wrap it up over the next two or three weeks but when, when you sit if you if you if you listen to a montage of Kirby Smart 
you're hearing Nick Saban 20 years ago. Uh, he has literally studied everything Saban has done. Don't forget, for those uh, all over the country, he spent most of his career under Nick Saban at, at LSU at the Dolphins and obviously uh, all that time at Alabama, and he has perfected it. And, and as you know, Kirby's in his mid to, to late 40s, Saban is 71, and, and he is, in, in my opinion, the new Saban. Uh, he, he's got uh, – he, tomorrow is National Signing Day. They'll finish number two. That will be six or seven straight years of number of top three classes. And when you pile those classes on top of each other and you produce some of the, the players that he has, uh, you, you end up uh, being at the top. And what's interesting is when you think about some of the players that have the quarterbacks that have come through there, uh, the most unlikely hero is, is Stetson Bennett, the fourth, yeah. uh, yeah. who is uh, knocking on the door of his second national championship. Don't forget, Justin Fields was in and out of that program. Other mm-hmm. players uh, have come in and out, and, and he has come up with a, a walk-on uh, to lead the parade. 30 seconds left. It feels like it's the Georgia Invitational because no one believes that Michigan TCU winner is going to beat them. Nobody believes Ohio State's going to beat them in a the semifinal game. Which team? could actually beat them, upset them out of the three teams in this part of the national championship race, Paul? I think, interestingly, it's Ohio State. Uh, they have so mm. much talent, as you know, Freddie, uh, yep. on that team. I, I don't think they will, but, they're, but they, they would be the one I would go with. There he is, Paul Feinbaum, host of the Paul Feinbaum Show, which you can hear weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the SEC Network and on the ESPN app. Paul, thanks so much for the time. ESPN Radio's coverage of the college football playoffs starts on New Year's Eve at 3 p.m. Eastern time. But up until then, you've got college football bowl game season action every single day, ESPN and the ESPN app. Game-to-game coverage, wall-to-wall coverage. Just hang out with your family during the holidays and flip over to ESPN because more times than not, there will be a bowl game going (laughs) on. (laughs) Courtney Crone and Freddie Coleman hanging in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max here on ESPN2 and ESPN Radio. Also, be sure to tune in tonight for the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up next, how does Jalen Hurts injury a pet? affect the MVP rate. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are.